The Critically Podcast. Welcome to The Critically Podcast, a place where ideas and social happenings are discussed with a view of reaching a clear understanding. My name is Richard Price. As the show's name suggests, this is a place for critical thought on liberal topics. Critic Ally, an ally to social and liberal causes with a critical mindset. In today's episode, I'm going to canvas the phenomenon of hypernormalization. Hypernormalization. The best introduction into hypernormality is probably laid out in good old Wikipedia. It says the word hypernormalization was coined by Alexei Yurchak, a professor of anthropology who was born in Leningrad and later went on to teach in the United States. He introduced the word in his book Everything Was Forever Until It Was No More, The Last Soviet Generation, which was released in 2006, in which he describes a paradox of Soviet life during the 1970s and 80s. He says that everyone in the Soviet Union knew the system was failing, but no one could imagine an alternative to the status quo. And politicians and citizens alike were resigned to maintaining the presence of a functioning society. Over time, the delusion became a self-fulfilling prophecy, and the fakeness was accepted by everyone as real, an effect that Yerchak termed hypernormalization. Is there any benefit in allowing a hypernormal state? Potentially, it could be argued that projection of strength by nation states enables stability, continuity, and predictability. All of these being a good thing for continuing governance and business confidence. Is there a downside? Well, there is an argument for long-term hypernormality to negatively impact on structural change. If narratives and operating practices are defended with a protecting status quo mindset, how does the truth emerge? How do we, as a connected species, progress? And that last aspect of how does the species or the human race progress, to me is one of the most fundamental points of where we have to consider hypernormality. We are very much within a generation of self mindset and it's become normalised. It's been supported and propped up by the commercialization, the commodification of virtually everything that humans interact with. Nothing anymore is sacred. We have as a species removed ourselves from our interconnectedness with the planet. We've had a detrimental effect as a species, and yet it has become normal for our for fellow humans to consume. It has become normal for humans to see themselves as apart from, rather than part of, our planet. For some reason, we see ourselves as a non-sentient entity that lives on, rather than with, other things on the, on the planet. So how does this hypernormalization thing work? How has it manifested itself to such a degree, or been championed to such a degree, that for the most part the populace doesn't even consider themselves part of this 
hyper-normal activity, and who's benefiting from it? I mean, I suppose that would be one of the largest questions as to why would someone defend such a mindset or set of circumstances that allows for all the lies and the, the ripping of natural resources from the planet with great abandon? Why would that be okay and normalised? My theory, and it is just my theory, is that it's quite convenient for those in the ruling class to have everybody else be worried about something else other than them. It is a governance style that is taken away from those who are governed. I mean, yes, we have elections and we have proportional representation, especially in New Zealand. However, the larger questions and the larger decisions are made at a global level. And so it's very, very important for those at that upper echelon to make sure that those that are being governed have something to fear. Either the other or for their own personal well-being. We don't see any states at the moment of ensuring that everyone's boat is lifted when the financial situ uh, the financial uh, makeup of a country is enriched through, either through the sell of resources or the the production of goods all the profit from that goes to a very select few it's also incredibly normal at the moment for there to be conflict wars it's almost a state of national pride that someone's military or the military of a nation, I mean, let's pick randomly the United States, to have a mighty military that is feared by almost every other country on the planet. That has become normal. We expect that the United States will invade and take, and there's not very much that normal citizens can do on their own to stop that. And so the generation of self that's been instituted into the mindsets, especially of those who are around 25 and younger, but probably from my generation, so from anywhere 40 below, to have a an understanding of what they desire, what they require, and treat that as king or prime, if you will. There is no way to get over a hypernormal state without removing the self-need to a degree and having a look at a collective response, to having a, a, a more collective ideal. And I'm not talking about communist states or uh, uber social states. They have their own problems that I won't get into here. I mean, they're quite obvious, really. It's more recognising that every human, every species of animal is connected. We are all one on this planet hurtling through the universe. We are part of it. And until we can break through that individualistic mindset to no longer fear the other, to welcome the other as a brother or a sister, to see yourself in those other people, then we really will be struggling to fight those larger global issues, to eradicate poverty across the planet when there is no need for it.
to ensure that we have resource management so that we're not stripping the planet of fossil fuels and to end the needless, constant conflict killing millions of people. Those states are not normal, but they are. Well, they've been normalized rather than being normal. My final thought on hypernormalization is that we need to recognize its existence. We need to be able to see how the narrative is being spun. And we need to challenge it. We need to seek truth. We need to demand truth from our political leaders, from the people in places of influence, and where those messages are being provided, either social media, mainstream media, or those who we just talk to. We need to be comfortable in asking for truth. Only when we start getting truths will we be able to cut through the hyper-normal narrative and make the fundamental changes that we as a species now need to demand. Thank you for tuning into the first episode of Critically. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more, please do subscribe.